and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Sunday, November 14th, 2021. Your host to speak, myself, Lee and Reed. Hi. Albert Wesker is dead. Yeah, we killed him in a volcano we kill, with we killed rocket. him with our own hands. Yeah, holding no. rocket launchers. Yeah, in a volcano. So wow. you're the you're the Resident Evil boy now. Uh, do you, is that the end of Wesker canonically, or does he yeah, come back? No, that's it for Wesker. He's just fucking dead. Um, and that's like such such a weird thing I I found about Resident Evil Five was that like like how to the point and abrupt everything is. Like you're just so Chris. Chris is there because he's part of the BSAA, but also because Wesker has Jill. Or yeah, killed Jill. He thinks Jill's dead. Yeah, or so he has like that. yeah, he has like PTSD because he thinks that Jill fucking killed herself to sacrifice herself to save Chris. But then, like, they just free her from mind control, and then she's fine, and then Chris doesn't have to worry Heart about it anymore. Heart control, yeah, specifically. It's uh, like a Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, so that ends rather abruptly. Um, the whole thing with Wesker, it like it stinks desperately of like these guys are trying to make it seem like like there's been like all of the titles have been culminating to this moment, but it it really they haven't. It's been like two games have been leading to this moment. Um, yeah, so he's he's one madman with a huge a huge. So we let's okay let's let's dial it back. Me and Rita finished. Resident Evil 5. Yeah. And in such, we will now finish our Resident Evil retrospective yes. on uh, the podcast here. Yeah, I would say. And uh, so we freed Jill, and then it's basically like a run across the frigate, fight a giant squid monster uh, that was Excella or whatever her name was, and then fight Wesker himself. Uh, you learn that Wesker needs to jab himself with some kind of balancer, some yeah, kind otherwise of serum. He, otherwise he gets a vertigo, basically. <laughs> so what... Is that what happens, or is the idea that Wesker, who is who is pushing forward this Ouroboros thing, he himself is not perfect? That's he's the, he's not one of the chosen. Is that what I'm to understand? That, that's the thing we don't get confirmation on necessarily. They just like you just hear Jill say that he has to take this drug to keep himself like in check. The only yes, impl- which could be like anime bullshit, yeah, but we're yes. reading into it as there's something not right with Wesker. Right. He's you not can, all you that can, he's you appears. Can, yeah, you could take it one of two ways. You could take it as, this is the way I thought it was going to be, but now I think it's a different way. You know what, actually, I'm just going to tell you what I think this means, Lee. Sure, fan um, theory. Yeah, and I think this is pretty much confirmed. I think it just means that like, unless he takes the drug, then he basically like gets... I don't know, sick is not the right word, but, like, he gets... He got sick, all right. But, like, you know, he uh, he gets distorted, he gets upset, uh, he can't, like, see straight and stuff like that. Um, okay, well, what literally happens is after you stick him with it, he... It unbalances him, and then the Ouroboros leeches and stuff start coming out of no, his no, body. No, 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 he does that on purpose. He, force- oh. he forcefully mutates on purpose to attack Chris. And okay, they, then what did the serum do? They just made him like dizzy and fuck off and shit and stuff. <laughs> and then, but then they stopped shooting him at that point in the cutscene. They stuck him with the thing, right? And, and that's, that's why him. I said when we were playing the game, I'm like, why would you not immediately, as soon as he starts like, like, like wobbling and stuff there, why would you not? We've weakened him. Yeah, let's well, wait and see what happens. Yeah, why would you immediately <laughs> not just walk up and blast him with pistols and rifles and everything that you have on you? Um, yeah, that's all dumb. So, like, uh, that, that, yeah. they, they don't clearly define what exactly he has to take the drug for, 
nor what you are injecting him with and what it will do to him necessarily. So they don't define those parts. That's fine. It's just because you kill Wesker. And then immediately the game's just like, no, like, it's like a TNA pay-per-view. They're like, no, no, we have like five seconds to wrap up here. Like, Chris, yeah. yeah, Chris is in a fucking helicopter and he's like, whoa, glad we got that done. End. Well, you literally, <laughs> well, you literally think you've already killed him and then you get into the helicopter and he pops out of the volcano and tries to tendril you. And then from the helicopter, without stopping the helicopter, you fire the rockets at him, presumably yeah. killing him and apparently killing him. And then uh, Josh drives everybody into the sunset without breaking a stride. Like, it's just like the game. The game's wrapping up when the heel hasn't even, his back hasn't even hit the mat yet. Right, They're like, no, exactly. we're going, going home. Yeah, that's why I yeah. said it's like a TNA pay-per-view. Like, it's like they just like, we have five seconds, we have to fucking wrap up here. That's, that's it's it's weird in that yeah Wesker doesn't reappear so this is like his his swan song as a, as a video game villain right and he's just dusted in a volcano and it's just like all right well, right let's like it's like they're trying to do this big epic ending and culmination of this blood feud like a, a good like like a good thing to compare to would be like Metal Gear Solid Four but like Wesker and Chris have like a tenth of the history those characters do uh, and. Like, it's only across two fucking games, so it's not impactful. And then the fact that you you follow it up so quickly just by, like, glad we got that done, game ends, means that, like, you don't give the player any time to take in, like, the fact that you killed this big villain, so it's, like, who gives a fuck? Um, so, like, the, ga- the game just reeked of, like, like, we need a plot, what do we do? Hey, we haven't done anything with Wesker since Code Veronica. All right, let's fucking... You know, Chris will kill him here. Fuck it. Like, it just felt like they needed a plot to put these game mechanics around, which is fine because it's Resident Evil at the end of the day. So, like, who gives a shit? Um, Wesker's, uh, Wesker's contract's up and he's leaving uh, He's leaving the company. So they put Chris over strong, clean at the end. Yeah, yeah. And then just, yes. and just went home. And no that, fanfare. Yeah. That, that definitely goes into something that I wanted to say, which is I think the thing I'm quickly finding out about Resident Evil is that it's all about the baby faces and it's not about the story or the villains usually. It's we said always... that from Go. We said that from the first part of this retrospective. Is and again, I'm not someone who has a great affinity for this this game series, but I think we can, after our conversation on it and, and how fun it is and how like stupid aspects of it are and how fun and action filled and thrilling other aspects of it are. It's thoroughly. Like on the pantheon of video game series, there's no, there's no questioning that. When when we're sitting here, like kind of criticizing it uh, for how dumb it is, it's it's fr- in an endearing way. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I don't know that I would want the super serious uh, Resident Evil game. Like Seven's maybe as close as it gets to just go- going with a theme and un un uneasy. And even then, the Seven's through. really goofy in lots of cases. Right. So. Yeah. So you know. Uh, five is now the game I've spent the most time with from beginning to end. Like I've I've played through it at least three different times with three different people now, and uh, misremembered most of it. That, that's that's the other thing I don't like uh, about Resident Evil games, and it's it's the, the puzzly aspects of the bosses where sometimes you you go into a boss, you drain all of your ammo, and you're like, well, I've got no ammo left. So even if we figure out how to do this now, we can't. So that's just uh, and why. then you realize, <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. When you realize the strategy, like with that Wesker fight, we walked back into it and we beat it in, in 20 seconds because uh, it's just like, oh no, you shoot him in the back, shoot him in the front, hold him down, shoot him in the, the thing yeah. that pops up. 
that's the only thing, I, the inconsistency with those kind of enemies, uh, like when you have the, the shell guys or whatever, and they got that flesh bag hanging off of them. Easy peasy, that, that looks like a weak spot I know what to do with. The cockroaches, though, if you're not shooting them in those glowy yellow bits, your, your bullets are doing nothing. It's not like another game where it's just like, well, if I hit him anywhere in his mass, I'm doing some damage. It's like, no, not in this game. You need to be, you, you do need to thread the needle. You do need to be targeting those weak points or don't bother. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think, oh. I and in some cases, I thought they were being a little uh, excessive, especially towards the end when they just spawned, like, three cockroaches and two big machine gun, machine gun guys at you. Yeah, only uh, once we had our strategy down, and I ran backwards that one time, and they all came across you one at a time, you just blasted all of them. Yeah, it's like, like, okay, well, then easy peasy, right? Like, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it definitely requires, like, a very particular strategy. Um, but, yeah, it encourages you to, like, wipe the first time to figure out what to do. Uh, as opposed to being able to like, okay, this is what we got to do immediately and figure it out. Just scratch by and then you've got nothing, no, no resources left. Yeah. Uh, but like overall, I thought the gunplay and the overall level design, everything was pretty, was pretty good overall. Um, I enjoyed it. I think equally, or maybe even more than Resident Evil 4, just because there's so many Resident Evil 4 sections that I did not enjoy particularly. Um, but I really liked, uh, the bosses in this game. I, I think the co-op aspect obviously helps it, like, so much for the enjoyment factor. It's a lot of fun playing with another friend, especially in a Resident Evil game. Um, and just having those really tense, fun moments. I wish there's more, uh, like, chainsaw guys as opposed to cockroaches. Those guys are more fun, in my opinion, than... <laughs> a weird complaint, but yeah, sure. No, yeah. Uh, they're easier to take down, um, but they still give you that, that, that tense moments as opposed to the cockroaches, yeah. which are just, like... After, like, 10 seconds, the tenseness is wearing off, and now it's just like, Jesus Christ, this guy won't fucking go down. Um, goddamn cockroaches. Yeah, cockroaches. Um, other complaints, I would say, is, like, man, Shiva, one of the worst fucking characters. Like, not her own fault, obviously, because it's Capcom's fault. But, goddamn, she just had nothing to do this whole game. Like, at- no, that's just it, is, is when, you, when you have a lore the way that Resident Evil's is... When you introduce a new character like that, if you're not intending to to push them beyond this one game or to have them be a, a, a big part of the... Well, that's just it. There is no such thing as being a big part of the Resident Evil story because basically it's... Unless you're Cred, Chris Redfield who can be like, I, I was there when this, that, and that happened and I killed Wesker. That's me. That's Chris Redfield. Uh, Sheva's just like... she. It could have just been... There's no reason it wasn't Jill is the point. Uh, yes. I think it's just like, but the story dictated that Jill had to be, uh, but then you, if you play the DLC, I think you play as Josh and Jill, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I, uh, I think there's a case to be made that this game would arguably be even more fun playing as Chris and Jill together. I think a lot could of- you imagine- The rug pull, or the swerve, if like, after you free Jill, Sheva just like takes a- it just goes on the helicopter with Josh and he just plays Jill from there. That no, honestly, forward, that be... wouldn't have been the worst idea just because it would have it would have been good fan service because never in a Resident Evil game have you been able to play as two of the four main playable characters together. Leon, Claire, Chris, and Jill, of course. Um, sure. So that would have been good. It just makes more sense because, like I said earlier... The payoff for like freeing Jill, it doesn't do anything for Chris's character. Like, like he's suddenly just like, okay, fucking awesome. Now I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, things work out for Chris Redfield. Yeah, things just they just they, like, like, they get bad, but the, he brings them back. Like, yeah. he's 
Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think jail being put under mind control did anything other than, like, they were like, what the fuck do we do with Jill? Like, we're bored with her, I guess. I don't know. Pretty cut and dry, pretty by the numbers mind control. Yeah, yeah, you know? it was, yeah, and that's, I think that could be said about the whole game, was that it was a pretty cut and dry, by the numbers, Resident Evil plot with the <laughs> added, with the added <laughs> caveat that there just happened to be some extra history between the main villain and the main protagonist because they were in a couple the idea extra that, games. The idea that the series is all, like, viruses and pathogens and, like, things being injected and lots of things in needles throughout the entire game, but the way Jill's mind control manifest is she has this giant glowing red gem on her chest that is just inexplicably well, uh, Lee, attached. They ne- yeah they need to show the scene where she just rips open her clothes that's why right and then and then you pull that thing off and she's and she's literally fine that was that was yeah, it it was just like, a slow drip of mind control yeah she's like what's up thanks thanks bro yeah that's not worth thinking about I'll anyway see, yeah it was a blast i'll see you in resident evil revelations <laughs> It's a weird game to replay if you go if you go and replay that now and like give Sheva some of your 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 good guns and then work with some of your. Uh... So, uh, if I might quickly give our ending notes on the Resident Evil retro like pseudo retrospective. Yes, um, have, there's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. Like obviously we haven't talked about every game in the series. No, no, there's a lot of non-canonical. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. haven't played any. Of the, I haven't talked about any of the fixed camera angle ones or the first person ones. I've only literally played the. Third person ones, all of them, though. I've played all of them. You had a crash uh, course. You've now played more than I have. Yeah, so, so I would just we, like... We got where we wanted yeah, to I'll, be. Yeah, I'll, like, a couple words about each game. Resident Evil 2 was the best easily. Uh, fucking awesome game. Goddamn, go play it. Uh, Resident Evil 5, I think, playing with you was probably the second best. I, like, really enjoyed my time with that just because always playing games with, with friends like that is fun. Resident yeah, the co-op f- aspect takes away the the atmospheric uh horror from the game and it just it really just becomes a, a game of terror it's just like we have to deal with these enemies uh and the, the co-op really lends itself yeah. to that like they they, yeah. they accidentally fluked into it yeah and, and the item management with a friend too is really fun having to yeah yeah go between yeah. guns uh resident Evil 4 and 3 remake definitely equal both really fun great games with uh, Did you say four remake no i said three remake Oh, okay. um, I would definitely play the 4 VR remake on the Quest of that there, there's shit. A, there's a full-on 4 remake also coming, evidently. So. I wonder what they're going to make that like, if it's going to be like... Uh, two I just in- imagine it's the Resident Evil 2 engine, but yeah. Yeah, but if they, if, they, would play if, that. if they keep it action-oriented, like, I'd be, yeah, I'd be very interested to see how that goes. Um, and then I'm playing... I can't speak for all Resident Evil 6, um, but I'm playing that right now, and I just met Jake and Sherry... I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, we got Troy Baker, we got Matt Mercer, we got Laura Bailey all in the same scene. I'm like, it must be 2013. Jesus Some Christ. Bald male protagonists. Yeah, bald uh, male protagonists. How's Six doing for you so far? Uh, it's, it's good in a sense. Like, there's so many sections that are just like, like this fucking, I'm in this fucking market, right? And you have to get sure. three keys to get to the next section. They're all marked that, and shit, but... This could be any Resident Evil game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're going through this section. And the only way to get this last key is this ladder. So I, I'm i like, that's so fucking annoying because it's like not marked. And it just, it totally blends into the background because everything... It's 2013, right, Lee? So everything's just brown yeah. and gray and shitty, right? Um, so I, I'm running around for like fucking 15 minutes on stream. Like, where do I do? My head's up my ass. 
I look it up on YouTube, and they, they, the guy shows me where this ladder is, and I look at the comments, and they're all like, and they're all like, <laughs> they're like, I fucking love uh, blended background ladders while I'm being chased by immortal monsters. Eleven out of ten game design, and shit like that. And People I was like, just mad that that guy's blowing the giraffe on the cover. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, yeah, that's totally right. And yeah, the entire time, by the way, these are fucking immortal monsters are chasing you, so you can't even kill them fully. So I have a, I have a theory about Resident Evil 6, uh, and that is after 5, the, the fans, the, tr- the true long-term fans of the series, because 4 was the casual jumping on point, right? Four is the game that brought people who didn't previously like Resident Evil to the games. And then five was them following it up being like, okay, we're going to focus on the action bit that people that made four a masterpiece that made four this giant hit. And then after five, it was like, okay, but are we ever going to get back to what like two and three and code Veronica were? And then six comes out and that seemed to be their effort to, we're going to keep the action. We're going to keep the gameplay of four and five. We're going to streamline it. So it's a little more casual, it's a little more, like, in terms of a narrative pacing, it'll keep moving without you having to worry so much about your inventory management. And then it, it served no it served no god, it served no no master in that, like, okay, so the people who like the action bits, it's now, it's now pulling back from that. So all the people who jumped on at 4 and loved 4 and 5, they're disappointed with 6. All the people who were disappointed with 4 and 5 because it was such a departure gameplay-wise from what came before with the fixed camera angles and the more of a horror bent and maybe some better storytelling. Yeah. They're not having a good time because that action bit is still there uh, and the action pacing is still that way. So I think when 6 came out, it was kind of like it, both sides were just basically like, okay, but what's but what's next? Where's this going? What's left to tell in this? And then they come out with 7 and everybody shuts up because yeah. they reinvented the wheel. Uh, like, yeah. They're just like, no, no, no we, we, we can still do it. We can still do, here's something completely different. And then 8 comes out and they're like, but what if we... Now put that action thing back on top of it. It totally works. Good for them. I think six is just the low point from a mechanical point of view of every nobody being served by Resident Evil. But yeah. now in retrospect, like you describing it and me kind of remembering what it was, I bet like as a playthrough, because it's a co-op game too, right? It is, or is a co-op it game, yes. Yeah. That it's probably fine now. That, I, I just remember having a bad time with, with it. And you I'm, said no fucking yeah. way. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, this is me softening up on it. I'm not saying that I'm going to go download it and we're going to play it together, but uh, I, I, I used to have a very sour feeling about that game coming off of 4 and 5, and now I, I'm like, you know what? In the I grand have, scheme of things... Yeah. I have a much simpler theory about why Resident Evil 6 is the way it is. You see, in 2013, Lee, Call of Duty was really popular. Was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people were making their games... As similar as they could to Call of Duty to make Call of Duty money, I think I mean, that's yeah. I think that's exactly what this is. They're like, goddamn, Call of Duty's making a lot of fucking money. Okay, it's so the singularity. You're saying they 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 moved the series to borrow some mechanics from an, an unrelated genre, yeah, no, no, and that was to the like, detriment. They're like they're like, okay, what's making so much fucking money these days? It's the Call of Duties. It's the Gears of Wars. Okay, we need more. Uh, we need more cutscenes. We need more action set pieces. We need more QTEs. You need to be able to uh, move and shoot at the same time and do a bunch of cool shit. Everything <laughs> needs to be dark and gray and muddy. And that's what this Being game able to is. strafe and shoot at the same time was sick in that game. I'll say that. No, yeah, I, I don't I don't mind. I don't I like the shooting, okay? Um but yeah, yeah, th- no, the shooting's good. I, I, th- I never I had, think Resident the Evil is fine. I think yeah. Resident Evil Six was made for the sole reason that at the time games like Call of Duty, Gears of War were really popular. And they're making a lot of money, and they were like, "We want to make some of that money," and that's what they did. 
Well, Reed, I'm uh, content with putting uh, Resident Evil to bed. Yep. I'm glad you uh, finally got brave enough to uh, to play some of those games and now know that you can, you know... I, I think I think Resident Evil 7 is still a, a maybe a little too far for you. Uh, you it, it's it's, not the, it's into... not the kind of Resident Evil game I'd want to play anyway, just because it's uh, not nearly as... It's not like Resident Evil 2 Remake where there's definitely bosses, but there's a lot of just in-between enemies to take care of and stuff like that. It's a lot like Dark Souls in a sense. Resident Evil 2 sure. Remake is a lot like Dark Souls. It's a lot like Dark Souls. Um... <laughs> Maybe Dark. I should say Dark Souls is a lot like Resident Evil Two. I guess that would make more sense. Resident Evil Two it's is like a, it's like poetry read. It rhymes. Yeah, but like you know, you you keep opening shortcuts and you keep going in between back to places and getting sure. stuff. And yeah. there's bosses and there's sub bosses. Let me tell you about yeah. a game series called Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In that sense, yes, too. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, like Castlevania. Whereas Resident Evil Seven is just like bosses. And then there's sometimes those molded enemies, but there's not a lot of them. So it's mainly just a lot of bosses and set pieces, which um, I've seen enough playthroughs of the game now where I like I don't need to experience that. I'd much well, the village it is. For yeah, you. I would go pick up village uh, like a sec like a hot second before I pick up um, Resident Evil Seven. Well, we look forward to your thoughts on village, but in the meantime, uh, that's going to be it for Resident Evil for now. If you'd like to hear us talk about a different video game series the mass effect compilation just under three hours of mass effect talk uh that's available online now was posted a few days ago uh really came together man listening to that mass effect music uh just makes you want to there's like there's certain things about that game it's like uh when someone posts a screenshot of deus ex online and everybody's like oh i gotta go fucking reinstall that now yeah uh there's there's certain things about Mass Effect and music's one of them where you just hear that galaxy map and you're like, what if I played Mass Effect though? Yeah, like uh, what if I just died cool. back into those emotions again? Um, yeah, yeah. But lot- at a certain point, there's so many other games to play, and that's what we'll talk about next. Yeah. <laughs> I run, running some errands this morning, dropping a few hundos at IKEA. I went and picked up the the John Moxley book. Oh, I got it's here. Mox. I got Mox. it in hardcover. Read. Vampires. Um, so I'm, <laughs> vampires. I'm looking forward to uh, to reading that. Uh, I also got some Korean fried chicken. We're recording here in the afternoon. Usually we've done nothing for the day. Usually it's it's our fresh brains. This is this is a tired. This is a weary, full of chicken, uh, brain here uh, talking to you about video games. I I played some new things. I got down to playing Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. Sorry, Marvels. Yeah, uh, Square Enix. Your favorite uh, game of all time. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, so. The, people were apprehensive about this based on, uh, of course, the, the previous Marvel joint in Avengers uh, from Square Enix. This this is a very interesting game, Reed. Uh, it is it is not at all what Avengers was. It's not a cosmetic fest, uh, run the same missions over and over again. This is a narratively driven game. Uh, and the best comparison I can think of for it is the aforementioned Mass Effect uh, you are constantly interjecting into conversations in a very Mass Effect way. They are immediately having influences on the conversations at hand. Uh, Star Lord sounds exactly like Chris Jericho, which <laughs> is, is hard to describe. Like when you start listening to it, his cadence, like when Chris Jericho is cutting a promo, I'm not even going to try to do it here because I won't do it the same justice. It fucking sounds just like Chris Jericho, and I think I enjoy it more because of that. Uh, in that all the other characters in the game, Gamora, Drax, Groot, Rocket, 
They more or less sound like you would expect them to sound if you were a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, of which this is not in the canon of. This is set in its own kind of comic book canon in the way that, let's say, the Spider-Man, Sony Spider-Man game is, where it's just like, things are familiar, you know all the main players here, you are familiar with these characters. Thoroughly, they are those characters in terms of their, like... who the fuck they are uh, in terms of their voice, their how they're performed. Uh, but everybody sounds more or less like their movie counterparts, except for Star-Lord, who just sounds like motherfucking Chris Jericho, which is fine. You only play as Star-Lord. Uh, there is not a ton of combat in this game. It is like Mass Effect in pacing, where you have parts where you are just... Uh, clicking through, you're, you're going on the ship and you're talking to everybody on the ship, you're closing the goddamn fridge door, every time you leave the main area, there's like a running joke in the game where it opens the fridge door and every time you go to close it, uh, Peter Quill like complains that everybody's leaving the fridge open all the time uh, you go talk to your different uh, your different uh, people there, it, so the game already is shaping around your, your decisions in that you end up on this planet, you're trying to hunt this monster to, to make some credits, you're the Guardians of the Galaxy, you're guns for hire, essentially, cruising around the galaxy. It's got a licensed soundtrack, so you can play AHA, you can play fucking Flock of Seagulls, it's all in there, and it's super <laughs> bizarre. Like, it's it's just like the movies, where it's just like, they have the full licensed soundtrack, you can swap between the songs in the ship, uh, you can put on whatever you want in the background, uh, don't worry, be happy, yeah, f- fire that up. Uh, sometimes they put that in the... Uh, in the game, in the combat, uh, there'll be times where you can actually like huddle up and like d- kind of do a power move, and then it'll start playing one of these licensed songs. And in that context, it super works. Uh, maybe not since uh, Metal Gear Solid Five when you call in your helicopter and it's like blaring Man Eater by All Notes yeah. or something like that. <laughs> it's kind me. of the same effect. It's like yeah. that song fires up, and you're like, ah, this fits. Uh, and it's kind of a, like James Gunn has kind of defined that. I guess just doing that in that movie. That's like a style now. It's just like get the licensed soundtrack and just put it in there with with visuals that don't necessarily match it. But hey, it works. Uh, so that being said, the game looks fantastic. Uh, the the character models, the performances, the animations, the environments is all like really top notch. Triple A. Like there's money on the screen here. Like I said, it sounds good. Some audio glitches and stuff like that during the cutscenes. Uh, the story so far, like I said, uh, Chris Jericho, Star Lord. As a, oh, and the combat's like Final Fantasy VII Remake, except you only if you only controlled Cloud. Uh, so, like, if you could yell orders to your other party members but never actually control them, that's more or less this. Okay. They've taken, they've taken the menu system out of that game, and they've basically turned it into, like, a radial menu where you can bark orders to your uh, different teammates. And then when you're in the, the overworld or you're actually working your way through the levels, uh, you can st- you can be like, oh, group, make a bridge or a, a rocket, uh, fucking hack this thing and stuff like that. Each of the Guardians have like a different specialty in battle. There's a stagger system. Like I'm, when I say that the combat out of this is Final Fantasy VII, I would not be surprised if they didn't just model a lot of the combat uh, on it because in, in the flow, it feels exactly the same. Uh, so that's kind of maybe a benefit. It's a little bit lame in that the person you're controlling is the person who just jetpacks around and shoots pistols uh so you do get to upgrade your 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 abilities to get charged shots and active reloads and stuff like that and uh sliding around and flying around to star lord and firing guns feels good enough um, yeah there's a part you basically get an alien life form life form from this thing the monster you're hunting uh falls through it gets attacked by some kind of space anomaly uh obviously setting up some kind of overarching story here but you're picked up by the nova Corps. Uh, an ex-flame of Peter Quill's arrests his ass, and you have basically the decision to hide a bunch of weapon contraband or hide this weird space llama that you've uh, you've picked up. And that's kind of when you're... I think either way, the same kind of thing happens. But everybody gets detained. Uh, you, the, long story short, 
you're fined 8,000 space credits. Peter Quill says, hey, everybody turn over every pillow in this place. Let's see what we got. And they make like $37. Uh, and they're like, well, how are we going to make... We only have so much time to make this money or the Nova Corps is going to turn off our ship and we're all going to be detaining, basically go to jail uh, for harboring this this illegal life form and knowingly bringing it uh, into whatever. So uh, the plan currently, and I'm not very far into the game, but the plan ends up being to sell Groot. They're, it's because the they didn't get the monster <laughs> at the beginning of the game. Groot volunteers himself. He's like, what if... <laughs> like, he, he says, I am Groot, and then Rocket has to translate... And it basically works out that uh, I think you can also sell Rocket. The other option is to sell Rocket. But since Groot is willing, I'm like, well, that just makes sense. He's he's accepting the risk for the group here. Let's sell Groot. Uh, so that's what I'm working my way up to now. And, of course, the plan is to break him out afterwards. Yeah. But uh, it's good. If you like the if you like the movies, if you like the comic books, uh, if you like a narratively driven game like a Mass Effect uh, where you kind of make decisions along the way, slowly grow your characters, and you just kind of you kind of vibe in the world. Um, this is for you, man. Like this is this is a pretty good game. Um, apparently, it's pretty long too, thirty to forty hours or something like that. So a decent length, uh, not, not unlike Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think it clocks in around that same time. So pretty cool. The characters don't stop talking. Well, that's that's what you want out of a guardians of the galaxy game though i think is the person like not a sec not a second not a second goes by and someone can't open there if you go off the path to go pick up some credits or some upgrade points or something like that someone chirps at you about it someone's like where are you going where are you going it's <laughs> fucking insane and then it does that cool thing where if you interact with too many things at once the dialogue starts like bumping uh, over top of each other uh it's it's fucking insane because like sometimes I just want to like vibe out and kind of like look at the environment or something like that. If you stop moving for a fucking second, rockets on your ass. He's just like, come on, what's what's the holdup? It's unbelievable, uh, but pretty cool game. If you like, I said, if you like all those things I mentioned, don't don't sleep on this one. It's gonna be probably uh, because knowing Square Enix, it'll be marked down probably in the coming weeks with Black Friday and stuff like that. But I didn't tell you that, uh, and it's uh, <laughs> it's worth checking out. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised so far by Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, of course, we have to reinstall Avengers because Spider-Man's out in a couple of weeks here. So. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Apparently this week it, uh, some, some on-set on things leaked and, and those two boys are... The thing we all know, the thing we all know that, that all the Spider-Men are in the Spider-Man movie. It's uh, happening. It's, been, it's happening. Did Disney... <laughs> Am I crazy, or did Disney announce that they're doing a throwback X-Men cartoon? Did you see this? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't they're, they're releasing a series called X-Men 97 that's going to be like a continuation of the Fox Kids X-Men cartoon. That's Well, fuck. If you want to play on nostalgia points, it's what you do. Yeah, just continue literally the cartoon. Yeah. Bring Morph back. Yeah, if, uh, I don't that. know if you've watched that cartoon, like past few years at all or whatever. As, as an adult? No, I have not. But dear God, like... If you want to talk about, like, the, that people never stop talking, like, the fucking pace of these shows, I, like, I've, I've seen some children's cartoons somewhat recently, and they're, like, they're paced like, like a normal TV show, like they would be for an adult. I, like, you know, like the Spectacular Spider-Man or something, for example. Like, it's paced like a regular TV show, like, it's fine. And I remember, like, watching, like, like uh like the old Justice League and it was fine. But I watched the X Men or like even like the the nineties Spider Man and like the fucking it's like a crack pace. Like it just fucking keeps going. People are talking in done sentences. They're walking away before their sentences <laughs> are fucking done. 
uh, absolutely ridiculous. So if I, like, I'm curious what they're gonna do with that. Obviously, it's gonna be modernized. It'll be it'll be a deep character study. It'll be like a, an arcing thing. You got to watch the whole season. Some some episodes have no action. Like if there was an episode of X Men and Wolverine didn't pop his claws, like what the fuck are you even doing? Like yeah, I, the <laughs> show should be taken away from you. Yeah, and then fucking just Wolverine in that in that particular iteration of Wolverine, fuck. Morph. Uh, anyway, craziness. Reed, I also played. Actually, what did you play? Me, I. Anything else? I have been playing the brand new Shin Megami Tensei Five from the Nintendo what? Switch. Yeah, the Demon the, King. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like, yeah. You want to talk about like shit like that? This game just fucking opens with your ass going to like a subway tunnel, uh, because like people are like, oh, you know, there's some some spooky stuff there people have been checking out and you're like all right fuck it i'll go check it out and then you go in there and then you're just like teleported to like not the apocalypse but like like a fucking wasteland called the netherworld and then just like you you see a cutscene fucking lucifer's coming down he's like i fucking killed god you pieces of shit (laughs) like suck on this and then he kills a bunch of angels and now the angels are like hey you're a human with both knowledge and power. That means you can kill God or something. Okay, okay. So other <laughs> other JRPGs work up to the part where you, you learn, you realize uh, that you'll be killing God. This game starts with God is dead. You need to kill a different God. Yeah, there... Yes, yes, yes. That... See, now you make... Now I didn't realize... I didn't realize till now that the story doesn't make sense because... Yeah, they're, they're like, it's like new game. That's that's why the game's so hard because the game's already over. Lucifer yeah. kills God. Now you got to kill him. Yeah, see, so that's the thing is you get. They say that like, like there was a god of justice. There's like sure. there, there was all the gods like that like the god de- of temperance. So there was god all of, no no no. Okay, listen. There was there was all of like the demons or they were called the gods before and they were of every pathian and, and shit right. Sure. And then they just said that uh, a singular god of justice, like basically, shit on all of them, and they became de- they became known as demons instead, or whatever you want to call them. Um, then he made humans, uh, except humans something to do with knowledge, and that's why you get like this robot man inside you. <laughs> Uh, but Wait, he's like he's like a representation of knowledge, but he needed a human to bond okay. with. Hold on, hold on, hold it's, on. It's hold supposed on. to be it's supposed to be like an like an allegory for like like the like the uh, fruit of forbidden knowledge from the Book of Eden. Sh- yeah. Okay. The okay. Book of so Eden. so <laughs> anyway, basically the Bible. Yeah. yeah uh, then that happened. And then I You're think, talking about this game specifically. You're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. what has I, happened I'm in this game. I'm talking about this game specifically. Okay. And then, okay, so that happened. And I guess that was in the past or something. Uh, because when you wake up in the netherworld, they're like, they're like 20 years ago, like humans used to live here and there was a big old city here, which was Tokyo. They're like, okay. like that was 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, but then the netherworld appeared. It's like Fallout 76. Yeah, but then the netherworld appeared somehow. And all of the demons who used to be the gods until they got shit on by that one god came here. Um, and all the demons that were here, like two years later, once the Netherworld came in, so eighteen years ago, okay. uh, they had a war against the that singular god of justice's angels. Okay. Okay. So the angels are like no problem. 
we're going to kill all these demons, but as soon as they were about to fight the demons, Lucifer sure. came down. Oh, fuck. Okay, I figured out the story for myself, which I'm really happy about. Um, then Lucifer came down, and he's like, guess what, bitches? And then he did, like, the... He already killed God. Yeah, yeah he did yeah. the DX suck it. He's like, I kill God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then all the, the, the lead angel... I super kicked God. Yeah, yeah. The lead angel that you see on the cover of the game, like, with the gold armor, she's like, no. Sure. Bacano, that's massacre. That's impossible. Um, but Lucifer's like, no, I did it, and I did it. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. Uh, so they proceed to a fight, and apparently, angels okay. lost the war because just deep. <laughs> so the fallen, fallen angel Chris Daniels, yeah, so kills God. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, fallen angel Chris Daniels comes down, and he's like, I killed yeah. God. Uh, I killed Miro's God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why when you wake up, there's always there's demons everywhere because I guess they kind of won the war or some shit. Uh, but apparently, there's still angels around, and you you gotta find them. Cause okay, they, let's because they, they took okay. one of your friends. So Read, uh, please, yeah. it's Atlas, uh, who is now part of Sega. They had a massive. They kind of broke the ceiling a little bit with Persona Five. Obviously, three and four were were well liked and and still are. Uh, but five was was a mainstream hit. Uh, the Shin Megami Tensei series, which Persona is a spin-off of, uh, when Persona started, it was more like Shin Megami. Shin Megami starts as it, it goes up and down. There's different stories told within those games, like a, like a, let's say a Final yeah, Fantasy. I most could, of like, them have to deal I, with. Yeah, I could really get into that if you want exactly. How Just the was. cliff notes. So like the the first two Shin Megami Tensei games, uh, we're, on it, the, that, it, we're on the SNES, and they were just classic first person RPG dungeon crawlers. But they always had the okay. common theme of you are based in some sort of ap- apocalyptic or future event where you use demons to uh, kill right. other demons. Uh, three, Nocturne. Yeah, three, Nocturne. You play as a high school student who uh, experiences the apocalypse in Japan, uh, except um, he survives, but he becomes a fiend because of it. Uh, then he has to uh, recruit a bunch of demons and essentially um, do like attack this divine thing so he can get like a wish and do something <laughs> with the wish. Uh, gotcha. And there's a bunch of people contending with him and they want to do all a bunch of different things like continue the apocalypse, restore humanity, but yada yada. And uh, four military academy. Yeah, you, four. Yes. Yeah. St- yeah. I, I don't know the story of 4 all that much besides, yeah, like you said, it's like a military academy, so it's more of like the futuristic, not apocalyptic event. All I know is it's really hard. <laughs> yes, and then and then Persona 1 and 2. So Persona, also, Persona yeah. 1 and 2 are a bit different. They're obviously a lot more similar to the older games in the sense of just the general style goes. Yeah. But you play uh, a group of high school students who experience some sort of paranormal event. Uh, basically, uh, a bunch of demons will invade. I think both games, uh, demons essentially invade their towns and they have to stop them. Um, and a bunch of specific thing goes on in there, especially in Persona 2, with like rumors become reality and stuff like that. Uh, but they do right. generally deal with like demons coming in there. Persona 3, um, a lot similar, a lot more similar to the first two personas than it is to Persona 4 and 5. Because you are once again dealing with demons that are just coming in to town, and you have to kill them. Um, it's a lot more similar to the first two in the sense that just it has that darker tone. It's not uh, dealing with like 
it doesn't have any of that like oh negative emotions and friendship will defeat them sort of stuff you know what i mean sure um it's it's a lot more straightforward in that like here's science here's what's happening here's how we stop it um and that deal, right. that deals with uh like uh, basically a, a a goddess trying to attack the the main world you got to stop her with technology Persona 4 and 5 are a lot more anime-ish in the sense that it's, like, uh, there's some sort of god or being that is, like, negative, negatively uh, influencing people's emotions or, uh, like, things they see. Buffy of the va- Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, and those will represent, <laughs> like, other negative beings which can feed off and kill you and then you have to stop them. Okay, and Shimigami Tensei Five. You are you are a chosen one. You are a high school student that survives the apocalypse and wakes up to fix it. Right, but I can't. I cannot emphasize how much like the high school stuff is not. It's not played up whatsoever. It's just like no, you no. happen just to be that age because they know the people playing these games are that age. It's a self insert. Um, but like like you are in real life Tokyo for all of two seconds before you go to this netherworld and you're completely. Uh, brought to this new classic Shin Megami Tensei kind of setting and stuff like that. And immediately, so are there towns? Are no, there no. side quests? Are there's, there... yeah, there's, oh yeah, so if you want to talk about the general gameplay, um, it is a classic JRPG. There's no towns, but there are save points. You can travel between the save points like you would bonfires in Dark Souls, for example, like that. As soon as you discover one, you can go back and forth. You have to pay to heal yourself. Um, there's a shop there at the stuff. You can perform demon fusions there. They have some new tricks there introduced that I haven't seen in previous Shimigami Tensei titles, such as like Digital Devil Saga, like I played, um, where you can get like essences of demons, where essentially you can take on aspects of those demons without actually uh, fusing with them at all. So you can take on moves or their resistances and weaknesses, likewise. So on top um, of infusing with the demons, you yes. can recruit the the actual literal demons to be on your party. Right? Yes, so, yeah, you have the actual demons like Pokemon, but that's cl- classic Shin Megami Tensei stuff. And you can what's fuse the funniest? The... What's mm-hmm. the funniest interaction you've had with the demons so far? Uh, it, just all classic stuff like um, I don't know, like a slime called me a pussy when I started to cry and said he was going to eat me. Like nothing too <laughs> wild. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I like the S and stuff. That's really cool. You can get a bunch of extra perks and feats if you do some exploring and find extra guys. The, the map itself is not, um, it's not entirely, it's, it's mostly linear, but there's definitely like, here's a spot and you can get here in like, you know, two or three ways, but they're not very complicated, um, it allows definitely a lot a lot of open space for you to navigate and run around. You do a lot of Naruto running in this, so like your hands. What if, what if I just said near automata style traversing? Yes, length? yes, yes. That's very accurate to say. Near automata is very accurate to say for how you navigate this world. Um, so consider the amount of time that has passed. It's twenty twenty one. Shimigami Tensei five. Presumably, when from when they announced it. Uh, you would have to imagine that Nier Automata's success would have been some level of influence on this game. Yeah, just I, in the timing of it. Yeah, you know, it, I I'd say in a sense, I guess, just the general feel of like the this ruined city covered in sand, and you're running through it with a bunch of demons running around. But that at the same time, you do that in Nocturne, right? Except you just you don't do the actual so navigating through the. What town is part. the What is the impetus of your heroism? Why? 
why do you want so so are you is your literal objective to become strong and kill god right or is and, your objective but that's the other thing that you have to understand about um the non-persona shimogami tenseis is because you don't have like these other teenage anime characters that are telling you what's happening in the plot and what you need to do there's no uh, co context yeah there's not a lot of context in this game it's it's once again, I'm going to talk about Dark Souls. It's a lot like Dark Souls. Maybe Dark Souls took a lot of influence from Shin Megami Tensei in turn, actually. Maybe um, again. It's all cyclical. Yeah. <laughs> um, all, but, everything influences yeah, everything. Like, your character doesn't say anything, doesn't emote even, or anything like that. They kind of just accept things as they happen. Uh, sure. So you wake up in this world, and this like robot man... He's not like a robot man, but he sounds like a robot. But he just shows up, and he's like, He's like, I'm knowledge, take my hand if you want to live. And then he fused into, like, the the thing you see on the cover, like, the Tron-looking motherfucker. And you're like, okay, you're awesome now, and you're powerful. Kill these demons, and then you do. And then you just hear a big voice that's like, all right, I see that you're a human with knowledge. We haven't seen one of those motherfuckers in a long time. You should come find me, and I will tell you to kill God or something like that. So that's that's your objective, is to find the voice that beckoned you essentially so that All is right. in a sense like a dark souls kind of fucking objective it's like find the voice that beckoned you it's like that's vague um so even even way more so than digital devil saga one which has side characters and a clear plot and people talking to each other this game does not have that um so there's not a lot of cutscenes, not a lot of people talking to one another um, not clear what you're doing at any given moment, but it is, that's what I like about it in a weird way. I like how strange and subtle and uh, cool it is, how mysterious it is. Um, I'm sure the story will become more clear as I discover more characters and stuff like that, but uh, yeah. Sure. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's kicking your ass. It's, it's spicy. Yeah, it's, like very, yeah it's very difficult. I'm playing on normal difficulty. Um, but, like, I'm at, like, the first real boss of the game, essentially. And, yeah, they're very difficult. Um, they're, like, two... Sh they can, like, wipe two of my guys off my team in, like, two moves. Um, so it's definitely going to require a lot of grinding. Luckily, there's a very large variety of enemies. Um, they spawn up a lot like Pokemon Sword and Shield, honestly. Like, depending on the different areas that you're in, you can find certain demons to recruit and stuff like that. Sure. Um, cool, man. Yeah, the only, like, the negatives I would have about the... Oh, and the soundtrack's fucking awesome. The battle theme, though, whoo, one of the best fucking battle themes. The negatives I do have are about just the fact that it's on the Switch itself. The game does not run super great, especially when you're in the wide-open traversing areas outside of battles. It'll sure. run very clearly in sub-30 FPS. Um, and it's not... It's not like it's it's a good looking game, but it's it's not a graphical powerhouse. It's cell shaded graphics. It looks exactly like Persona Five in that sense. Um, so it's not it's not the craziest looking game ever made. There's cr like Breath of the Wild arguably looks better than this game, uh, and runs like and runs better. SMT5, yeah, SMT Five will find its way onto other platforms eventually. I don't know if it's going to PlayStation, but definitely PC or something in the future, and maybe. You can see a, a a sharper running version of that game, but yeah. good to uh, good to hear. Yeah, I, I think the game will excel a lot more on a different console too, especially because there there seems to be some sort of the games that are quiet or the audio just the the switch doesn't have the best audio by default through the system. Um, so 
the music doesn't come across as clear as you would like it to be. Uh, but sure. that's to be expected with the Switch, honestly. Cool, man. I was going to say, uh, I'm expect- like Animal Crossing, which I'm sure is getting a lot of play in your house, not by you, uh, is is a daily, it's a, it's a daily check-in now. I, oh, I won't it, bore it, you with it, but, getting, yeah, but even Animal Crossing. Yeah, getting the second switch for us was the wisest decision I ever made because Yeah, uh, no shit, you know. eh? And then uh it, it it there's slowdown in Animal Crossing itself. Like you put enough if there's a weather effect going on, you put up enough furniture and in and, and unique items, uh it, it's chugging. Uh so a, a sharper and that's just Animal Crossing. Like that's you know, the switch is not so okay, so Grand Theft Auto, Reed. Uh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly wrap this up because we're going a little long here. Uh, the definitive edition is out digitally. Uh, it's coming out physically at the beginning of December, but now you can go download the digital definitive edition of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. As far as I know, you cannot buy them piecemeal. You have to buy them all together, unless you have Game Pass, where San Andreas by itself is being uh, offered. And I'm like, I'll download that for free. So, uh, the, the little bit of background on this, it's now spotty whether or not Rockstar will continue to offer the original quote-unquote remastered versions of these games which was essentially either the ipad remake or the one that they had on 360 and stuff like that was going around but they were more or less faithful uh ports of those original like ps2 games now uh first of all this game's having all kinds of problems on pc they have a drm or like a always online kind of thing for this game and they had to take it offline so people spent money on this game day one and they couldn't fucking play it because the servers were offline they couldn't play fucking a ps2 game <laughs> so so what have they done here well they've taken things out of the game uh which isn't a problem if this is a game that stands as- beside the original releases but in getting rid of or replacing the original releases with this release uh, and then having this release have less songs less uh censorship in some ways and the ways that there are censorship you can see why someone would do this and like i said if you are going to censor a game and then have it released uh as a companion to those original ps2 games or pc releases that's fine but to take one off sale and then put your squeaky clean very poorly uh so on top of everything is just the there this isn't a definitively better experience like i said They've taken certain things out of all three of these games, and what they've put in is a cool weather system, some confusing controls uh, that make the game play makes the games play a little more like four and five do, uh, and and even some of the visual stuff is weird. Some of the lighting and whatnot uh, in the game at certain times of day, you you can't see shit. The rain effects in this game don't make any sense. Uh, the rain itself looks like white sheets coming down. It becomes very difficult to see, especially at nighttime. This is not definitively a better game. Visually, it's interesting, and they're using the power of the new consoles and, and PCs and stuff like that to render something that looks a little more uh, appealing to the eye. But as soon as you pick it up and you start playing it, you realize that, no, the, the definitive experience of this would be to get those original PC releases of more or less the Xbox and PlayStation versions and then mod the shit out of it. Uh, would be a much better way to go, in my opinion. If you have Game Pass, you can check out San Andreas basically for free. There's a lot of wacky stuff going on with these games right now. Uh, It's a tire fire on PC, like I said. But mixed bag for me with GTA. I'm glad I played what I played of San Andreas on Game Pass because it basically instills in me that I don't need to play these. Uh, If I want to play these games, go fire up the PS2 and play those versions. Go fire up the the PC versions or the 360 versions of these games and be done with it. Uh, It really bothers me when little things are taken out of a game like that. Like even things like 
the the fucking song Obsession is taken out of Vice City. Like, okay, well then fucking scrap the whole thing at that point. Like, I understand <laughs> licensing is, is fucked up and like so many years later, yes, it must be crazy to call somebody up and be like, hey, remember that game we released in the year 2000 or whatever? It's just like, can we... It's, it's nuts. Uh, these are massive games. They're massively uh, influential. Uh, I mean, even to this day, something like Cyberpunk 2077 is a game that, while it's trying to be so many things, at its core, is trying to be as good and as immersive a game as GTA San Andreas was on the PS2 and failing to do so. It's pretty crazy how, how these games actually hold up uh, in terms of, of what they are this many years later. It's nuts. But this version of these games... Uh, kind of misses the mark, in my my fucking opinion. So that's a, that's a thumbs down if I've ever heard one. <laughs> uh, Reed, if you have nothing else to announce that you've played, we're gonna wrap it up so that this file that you have to send me is not too big already. Yeah, no, I am already. Uh, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm all good. That's gonna be the show then. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Lead to theiceberg.com is my email address. Send us questions, topics. It's interesting. Uh, we might just include it on the show. Uh, video games are coming out by the time you hear us next. We'll probably both have sunk our teeth into uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Oh, I'm way less fucking hyped for that. <laughs> well, yeah, now that competitive has basically been been squashed. We'll talk more about that next week. You can tell us. Uh, yeah. You can tell us how they fuck that up. Like that's another series like Resident Evil, where at a certain point they need to choose if they want to make their games appeal to everyone, or if they want to make a game that appeals to the younger crowd and a game that appeals to the more hardcore competitive crowd. Who could also include the younger crowd. I don't like when they simply say we're dumbing down our games for younger gamers. When everybody who is into Pokemon, the old boomer guard of Pokemon, were six and seven years old or younger when they were getting into these games. And they did just fucking fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, I understand that the like the end game of Pokemon is much more complicated now. And there's a lot more going on. But that shit is optional. Especially if they're keeping the games as simple as we've talked about many times. As they are. Uh, that you don't need a working knowledge of Pokemon above just simple effectiveness of moves and physical versus special. That's all you need to enjoy the the actual soup to nuts uh, starting to credits of a Pokemon game. So, so fuck them is what I say, but we'll still play that game, won't we? All right. Reed, let's wrap it up. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, that's the Public Beta Podcast. We'll talk to you again in a week.